You have wondered what you would be able to do if you were the ultimate version of you, right? You would then have an easy time creating what you want, and yes, effortlessly enjoying life too. Now, you may know this already, the influence you have over your reality is far beyond what you've been told. Soon, you realize that your outer world is barely a mirror of your inner world, and we're here to connect the dots for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to God Mode. We will disclose powerful cheat codes for those of you who know you're ready to win or win bigger and to be the ultimate you because it's time. Presented by Upgrade, we are programmers of the human mind. And if you're here listening carefully, we will show you how to rewrite your codes that govern your reality. Till now, these cheat codes have been only offered to those who are privileged to be within the inner circle of the true masters. Now, enter God mode. One time I went and um, I was trying to buy a truck. And this is a perfect illustration of someone who's selling consciously, um, selling something to me in a way that he thinks everyone, you know, likes to be sold um, and or the way that he likes to be sold. Def definitely not listening to the way I was communicating in terms of how I want to be sold. So anyway, I was at the, at the dealership and I'm like, hey, I have been looking at this truck and you know, it's, it's the 2,500 and I have already, you know, owned the 1,500, um, and I've owned it for a number of years. I'm familiar with the interior. I've even been in the 2,500. Um, you know, I, I know how it feels like. And, um, the main thing is not the looks or, or how it feels cause I'm familiar, but I want to know the sound system and if it's improved. The other big thing is towing capacity, but I already know that. Like I already researched it. I know which truck you have that has that. So if I could, I just would love to listen to the sound system and I think I'm ready. The guy said, come sit down with me. Let me see if there are other options. I'm like, did I not just say that? I already picked out the truck. I just need to listen to it. Um, he's like, well, you know, I know sometimes you may just need to look at a few more options. Let, let's sit down and look at some data. I'm like, this guy's not getting it. And he spends forever. He's like, and can we do a credit check? And uh, I'm just like, I'm going to pay cash. Like, no need. He's like, well, you know, if you're serious about purchasing, why don't you put a down payment? And, and um, let's get going. I'm like, I want to listen to the sound system. Right? He's like, all right, let's, let's go show you these trucks. He takes me to different trucks, and I'm like, I just wanted to go see that one. He's like, okay, let me make sure we have the keys for that one. I'm like, this could have been a 10-minute close. So half an hour later, we finally arrive at the truck, and I'm like, I just want to turn on the sound. He's like, well, let's go on a test drive. <laughs> I'm like, I'm leaving. Like, I can't do this, right? And, and as you're listening to this, you're like, whoa. This guy's clearly not listening, but the, the truth is a lot of us do this. A lot of people within, not only in sales or in business or in, 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 you know, influencing others or in persuasion, but literally in our personal lives, in our relationships, when our spouse are saying things or girlfriend, boyfriend are saying things, and we're literally not giving what they want in the way they want to them. We're giving it in the way you 
yeah, you want to them. So, yeah, that was definitely not a sale because I was like, I just want to listen to the sound system. If this guy's going to waste my time here, what's going to happen during closing process? I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah, and that energy sometimes that where someone is not listening to our unconscious wants, and you were giving him the data that was helping him almost close. Like, hey, I just want to hear the sound system, right? And since he wasn't picking up, and that's where that that feeling, and I'm sure you guys have felt that feeling before, right? Like, I don't know if this person's truly listening to me. I don't know if they're understanding what I really want. And we get that weird vibration. And people do the best that they can with the resources that they have available to them. Maybe he hadn't been trained before. It sounds like this person hadn't been trained before, right? No, he's definitely not. Right? And they still may have like this belief that I'm wicked good at sales, right? I can, I'm so good at sales. No, I'm a car salesman. And that's all good too. This training goes beyond that. If you think you're badass at sales, if you think you're great at sales, that's awesome. This training is made to complement everything else that you've done in your life, as well as take you to the next level, right? We, we have some requirements within sales God training. William will go over some of them. One of those requirements is that you have to be hitting a certain percentage within your sales and income levels. We want to take you to that next level because truly what we are great at, what Upgrade is great at, is getting your unconscious to speak to other people's unconscious. So you're not selling just consciously. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the, um, a lot of the people that are coming through naturally are in the top 5% of their industry, right? Whether you're in sales and real estate, private equity, or, or in you know, venture funds, some of you are coming from probably um, political or even in a spiritual leadership type of role. Regardless, you're in the top 5%. And our specialty is to take you from that top 5% to the top 1% or top 0.1%. And so sales guide is not for beginners, right? So a lot of the skills will not be, it will not make sense to beginners. A lot of the skills will be really music to the ears of those who are doing the, in the top 5%. So let's, let's share another story, a contrast to what I just shared about the truck buying experience. I think that you'll notice a lot of times if people can break down what I'm I'm about to share with you and understand how this is happening, I think people will find, wow, if I could do that, if I could replicate that, right, that would be amazing. So uh, one time I went and, you know, look for a computer to buy and I was ready to spend like four or $5,000 on a, you know, decent computer. And I, I walked into the store and the, there's this gentleman, he was like, Hey, how's it going? You know, greeted me. First question out of his mouth was, have you ever bought something that you absolutely love? Like, you know, maybe it's a computer or a car or anything like what's that experience like immediately had me explaining or describing the best purchasing experience. I'm like, wow, I like that. I'm already feeling comfortable. Right. I'm like, hey, you know, it's this and this and this. It's and, and, you know, I was able to get X and Y and Z and, you know, whatever. And he said, well, you know, I'd like to try to beat that today, if not at least match it. I'm like, wow, he actually, he's not interested in just selling. He wants me to have a good experience buying. And then he proceeded to say, hey, look, you know, if at any point you have any questions or anything that's important to you, please let me know, right? If I'm not hearing you, make sure I'm aware of it. Um, but let me ask you, what's, 
what's important to you about a computer? He's eliciting my values. I mean, if you guys have listened to us enough, like the top, the first few episodes, we, we talked a lot about values, which is what governs our beliefs, which is, which is what governs our behaviors. Here, here is this guy asking me what's important to me. What's the value that governs the beliefs that govern the behavior of purchasing computers? I'm like, well, you know, X, Y, Z, um, X is the most important. And then the other stuff you know, about that many percent importance. And he's like, wow, okay. He thinks about it. He genuinely was thinking. I could tell he's just like, wheels are turning. He's like, that's the one. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of backup recommendations, but I think if I'm getting you correctly, that that's the one. Because you want X and you want Y and Z, but X is the most important. You want X. I'm like, yeah. Not only is he listening, he's really paying attention to what I want unconsciously. And I make it real easy for people to buy, you know, sell me stuff and for me to buy because I'm clear about what I want and I share it, right? The thing about most consumers or clients or, or, or audience, they're not telling you what they want as easily. And if they do, sometimes they don't know how to communicate that, right? Because this is oftentimes very unconscious. So when I was able to communicate that, it made his job easier, but also it required that he has the skills to decipher what I'm communicating. And then finally, I walked out happy, right, with what I wanted. And, and it was, but before I walked out, he did this thing that was really cool, which I think all salespeople should do. He said to me, he's like, hey, look, William, if, if you find yourself having a good experience, when you go home and use this computer, which you will, I'm, I, I'm sure you will. Just know that we're here to support you. Um, if you find yourself having a good experience, of course, you know, I, I would love for you to, to leave a review on Google and all that stuff. But what's even more important is for you to enjoy yourself. And also, you know, if your friends and family need our service, please send them to us because we love to serve them. It's just so genuine. He's already asking for a referral, but he's not asking it in like a, hey, who do you know that wants a new computer? It's like, hey, you know, if you find yourself having a good time using it, which you will, right? If not, make sure we take care of you. But if you do, which you will, you're going to, you know, please send me people. And, and now that's a very basic pattern, but you will notice some of the words choices and the way he said certain things, they're actually extremely, extremely suggestive. He's embedding certain suggestions. He's, he's actually planted the entire, now maybe he's a natural or maybe he's highly trained. But the way he, the way he did the wholesale was beautiful. And, and I walked out feeling like I want to tell the whole world. And you know that feeling, the most important thing that I haven't even said yet is that you know that feeling you get when you're like, wow, I don't even care what the product is, which I did, of course, but at the same time, I didn't. I want to do business with this person. I want to buy from, I want to buy from this person. And I, I felt like it didn't matter as much what he was selling me. I want to buy from him because he made the purchasing experience so good. It was so enjoyable and that we really connected. And unconsciously, I felt like he's really got me. And so I wanted to exchange energy with him because sales and purchase is an exchange of energy right? 
I really wanted. I, I wanted to find an excuse to buy from him. That's how good I felt. That, that right there was masterful. Yeah. Yes. I think it's funny too, because a lot of times when people are in a position that their job primarily is sales, they kind of have to eat what they kill. That does um, seem like a really No killing old, here, Brady. Yeah, right. Well, you know, the old hunt, tribal hunter-gatherer is what I... Well, right? did you do... Uh Ants and spiders oh, and all gosh. this stuff. Is is that yeah, I did, right? I did. I, I, did. I had to <laughs> Sales eat. I of would that. Kill all the bugs. Termite killing. Well, and so that was like a part of my job, right? It's like I was, I needed to make a sale. But there are a lot of careers and a lot of jobs that people do where they're like, their bottom line, like thing that they're doing isn't actually sales. So then it's like, yeah, for sure. But why would I want to take this then? It's like, okay, well, the reality is even if your job isn't actually like sales, like fundamentally, you're knocking doors, you're doing all this stuff it's still sales. And it's like, what do you mean by that? Well, because in every interaction that you have in one way or another, if your conversation is just about the weather, it's not a good conversation. But if, you're, if your conversation has any substance at all, you have some kind of view that you hold and you really value and believe in. And in some way or another, you're either trying to convince the other person about that view or share it. That's just like a very baseline way that a lot of communication occurs. So it's, if you're not good at that, if you're not good at that communication, like, hey, try and see things maybe my way or whatever, that is sales. It could be your spouse, like it could be like your family, it could be somebody that, a coworker, like you're like, yeah, I don't know, I want the coffee machine over there. And there's a lot of people that I think go throughout their entire lives and they're kind of not good at exerting their will on the world. And then there are those few people that are, and those tend to be the leaders, those tend to be the ones that get that new position or that new promotion because they are good at sales. And it's like, well, is it really though? Yeah, of course it is. Like you're convincing somebody else to see things maybe the way that you are. And you can be bad at that and like not at all speak to their world model. And then they're just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to hear what that guy has to say or like he's never convinced me about anything. But if you're good at that and you speak to the things that they understand, that flexibility and communication, then you can go and do whatever the heck you want, whether it was me years ago, knocking doors, selling pest control contracts for five years, and you see the guys that did well, they were the flexible ones. And the guys that didn't, because they couldn't imagine, oh, I've just, I've got to knock into the guy that thinks like me, that talks like me, or the lady that acts like me or talks like me. And if they're not like me, there's just no shot, you know? That's what some of these guys would think. But then the guys that were like the top sales guys, and one of the reasons I loved that industry, or like what I did, is because it was like, okay, who's at the door? And then the door opened. And you're like, oh, okay, this person, you read it in five seconds. Oh, they're kind of, well, he's maybe he's like a programmer. He's like a little more quiet. Match it. And that's a really helpful skill set if your end line is to like make sales. But it's also an unbelievable skill set if you want to move up the ladder in your job or in your career or be good with your spouse or your kids, you know? Yeah, think about yourself right there, right? You went from door to door to working with influencers, to working with the one of the world, if not the top tier, the top influencer in the world, right? Where you're literally influencing the world right there. And, and I think that's, that speaks for, you know, what you were able to do and ascend through that. Now, one thing that I, I will point out is buying occurs in every conversation. Buying occurs in every interaction, whether it's sales or not sales, because we're either buying into the other person's model of the world or they're buying into our model of the world. 
It doesn't mean that it can't be win-win. It's all it. I mean, I only like win-win ones, right? But at at one point or another, we're buying into something, and so like in a in a training perspective, we're either buying into the client or the students、uh, excuses of why they haven't gotten the results they want, and why they shouldn't be you know improving, or they're buying into the idea of they can improve, they can become the most magnificent. Powerful version of them. Yeah, and the ability to influence is such a—it's a masterful skill set that you can get to. I mean, as you were saying, it's not all about sales. Like political leaders, right? Great people from the history of time who've been able to have great movements behind them—they influence people with their passion, and that's an ability that comes from sales. So when you had that connection with that person. Of like you genuinely felt like this person cared about you. That's so people who have that level of influence, they feel that too, and they'll follow that. And that's a sales tip thing.、Mm. Now, sales god training is, you know, it's designed to help people in certain professions. Real estate professionals is one of them. Like that's how I met you, William, when I had, I was came from a real estate professional world, and you spoke at a conference, and I realized that your skill sets that you were teaching could help me influence myself. Then that would naturally help me get more money, get more sales within the real estate world. So, this training is geared towards the top five percent. However, if you're feeling like, hey, does the your goals do they justify the investment that it will take to get to that next level? Then you may want to consider a training like this because, as we're talking about, this case this goes beyond just you know sales, the money thing. Yeah, certainly. I think that if your goal justify the investment of the training, still talk to us.、Um, if we don't think you're a good fit, we'll just tell you to take another training.、Um, but we are majority of the people that are coming through are going to be in the top five percent of their industry、um, uh, who want to get to the top one percent or the top zero point one percent. That's our specialty here. Something that I'd like to talk specifically about in sales guide and, and how you guys can benefit immediately.、Um, Is that when it comes to understanding the 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 world of influence and and persuasion and sales, most people do it consciously. Most people craft these things, these pitches, these different things to influence consciously, which the listener can filter out a lot of information. They can delete, they can distort, and even generalize the information. It's like there's a wall naturally existing, and no matter what you say, how beautiful the words, it may not get through. Depending on their state, the audience, you know, mindset, and or and or where they're coming from, different things could impact that message whether they're able to get through. You're able to get through or not. But when you're able to do it unconsciously, or when you're able to speak directly to the audience unconscious mind, that's a whole different world. Because right there, if you can speak directly to the unconscious. You're able to do what ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the population does not do, and at least not consciously able to speak to other people's unconscious mind. And we'll explain that more later. If you can do this, you'll find yourself impacting significantly more people. The reason the word closing ratio exists is because we speak to other people consciously to their conscious mind, selling them the way. That you oftentimes like to be sold, or what you think they like to be sold, not actually selling them directly the way that their unconscious mind, which holds all the memories, all of the filters that we talked about, right? 
that filter out or in information. Um, their their language, their model of the world, um, their their emotions, and um, different programs that govern their reality and what is real. If you can speak directly to that unconscious, which is the center of all of this, you're able to impact and influence and persuade at a level that is godlike. And the reason we call it sales god is for that reason. It's because that supernatural capability of being able to persuade and influence is not actually, well, let me say this. It's not actually anything unnatural. It's su- it may you know may seem supernatural to the common men or women, uh, the common you know salesperson, the common influencer, the common executive, whatever. But it's absolutely, absolutely natural once you learn how to do it. Once you understand how it functions, it's not only logical. It's actually how it should be done, because it naturally removes resistance and naturally speaks genuinely to the needs and wants of the unconscious. It goes in without your own filter and their filter. This is the purest form of communication, allowing you to integrate your thoughts into your audience mind. So sales guy is really not a training on sales. It's, a, it's not a training on sales consciously. It's not a training on, you know, how do I speak in a way that can convince more people? Yeah, because here's the truth, right? And, and you guys would agree with this. It's that a lot of people sell consciously. And that's the thing that limit them. Yeah, the greatest limitation is not found in the things that like you already, to be able to release that greatest limitation is not found in the things you already know. It's found in the things you never considered. Things that you don't know, you don't know. If you can actually speak to the unconscious, then you really will break through the walls. And so sales guy is really a training, um, a persuasion, influence, and sales training for the unconscious mind. And so if you, if you were to take away some skills today, I think we should give them some skills to allow them to be able to immediately impact and utilize this to persuade and influence, don't you guys think? Definitely. Absolutely. And I think uh, to piggyback off what you're talking about, the natural, many of our very successful clients who have gone through these trainings over the past years, and you've been able to collect the data and see what's really worked for them. So not only do we have very effective strategies in our trainings, we've been able to see the data, the evidence procedure of our clients getting results. And then when we speak to them, we, we hear them say, it just felt natural. Like it wasn't me working harder wasn't me grinding more or having to put in more effort. It was me just becoming more natural with who I am with the skill sets. Because once they, they realize that, it becomes easier for them. They know how to speak to someone's unconscious behaviors and what they truly want. That makes a sale easier, right? So they got more results faster. So when we see clients go from five figures to six figures a month, some clients go from six figures to seven figures and very short time spans, right, with us, six months, maybe even sooner, hey, we know what's working. And we'd be able to collect that data and to put in the sales cards. Um, one of the skill sets that I love the most is when I'm able to pick up on the language patterns, right? And I really mean this in a way that this is how someone's model of the world may be at the time where I'm hearing things differently, seeing things differently, or feeling things differently. 
So I was emphasizing those specific right there for me. And if I can speak specifically to someone's model of the world, now they might be able to be more open to the message that I wanted to deliver to them. Yeah, you know, I think you brought up a good point here too, is that a lot of people um, in sales card or going to sales card or you're in, you know, five-figured um, monthly income or, you know, some of you are in six-figured and you're like, I want to get to seven or eight-figured. Um, in, in other trainings like Upgrade X, we've got people that are in seven or eight or nine figures wanting to go beyond that. And so depending on where you are, this literally could be the training for you. Um, but, but I want to give you specific skills so that you know, like, okay, wow, I never considered that. Oh, wow, I never considered this. So let's, let's dive in. So one of the things that people, um, people tend to do, yeah, is they use the word not, the negation word. Um, we're going to spend a deep, we're going to spend some time and do a deep dive into negation in, in the training. Uh, maybe even a little bit in one of the future episodes, but in the sales guide training, we'll take a deep dive. But right now I want to give you some big pictures. Um, when you use the word not, like I don't want you to miss out, right? Uh, don't be late. It's like saying, don't think of a pink elephant, right? You tell a client, I don't want you to worry about the consequences. They're going to be worrying about the consequences. Um, you know, I don't want this. I don't want that. When you say the, the not word in there, you find yourself thinking about what you're negating before you can negate it. And most people aren't even very trained in being able to replace what they don't want in their mind. So they stay stuck with what they don't want. So if you tell your client, hey, look, you know, at one time, this is actually really funny. I, I was on the phone call and I was talking to some guy and I'm, he's like, how's your day going? I'm like, pretty good. I'm like, how's yours? He's like, uh, decent. I had a bunch of people say no to me today. So hopefully you're, you're not going to do the same. I'm like, I'm like, wow, that sounds very appealing. I mean, that's obviously an extreme example, but the not word, right? But what, where else do we use not? Like think about at, at home, if you tell, see your kids running, don't run. Don't eat that. And you don't follow up with anything. You're just like, don't do that. Stop yelling. Stop screaming. They're just like, what, what am I supposed to do? The last word that they heard in their mind is still screaming or yelling. Because you said, stop yelling. They're still hearing yelling. Yeah. So what about in sales and in business management? Yeah. I don't want to lose money this month. Oof. Yeah. I don't want to lose out on the deal. Not to mention if your sales team or yourself about to call a client and in your mind, you're like the client saying no. I don't want that. But you keep thinking about that. You're like, oh, I got to be prepared. Hmm? Move on to focus on what you want, right? So in sales, it's not just about your skills linguistically to be able to speak to the unconscious. We're going to teach you how to set up your mind so that you're in a space, in a state that are very resourceful. And when you're resourceful, there are no resistant clients. Yeah. 
So we'll teach you how to set up your state. But before even setting up the state and learning the linguistic skills, which we'll come back to, we're going to teach you how to design your ideal client. Yeah. Designing your ideal client is key because if you design your client, your unconscious mind begin to filter out those who don't fit and begin to filter in those who do fit. If you don't design, you're just going to be given whatever client you, you get given, right? And so, yeah, so true, right? And, and many of you will notice um, if you could design what you want in terms of clientele, and we have a certain specific formula on how to do that. And many of you have heard the story of how I designed my wife and she showed up. 83 attributes. I'm like, I'm going to find her. And then she showed up and I even had a metric. I'm like, hey, here's a certain percentage and I'm going to measure all these attributes. If she meets all these attributes by a certain, with a certain amount of percentage, right? Then she's the one or she could be the one, right? And um, here we are. We've been married like seven years. And, and it was looking for, my unconscious mind was looking for what I want for me. Imagine if your mind just does that for you, the ideal client. It would make your closing that much easier. See, we're not interested in competing on fair grounds here. We're interested, in, it, we're interested in unfair advantage, things that other people don't think to do. Most people grind, hustle, they overwork, they work hard, yeah, whatever that means. What I really think is a lot of people work they overwork to compensate for what they can't do mentally. And not only that, they compensate for the laziness of design. They don't design what they want. They don't know what they want. They just go out there and see if they can find what they don't even know they want. Right? And then they use the skills to, you know, with brunt force, right? With brute force, they, they're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to push my way through the, at the client and, and get them to say yes. That's a terrible setup. But then imagine, and, and sales got set up, you design your client, your mind's set up to filter in the right client, filter out the, not the ideal client, right? And then we, we teach you how to set up your state, your emotional state. Have you ever been around people that are super pleasant? And you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to be around them all day. If it means I have to buy from them, so be it, right? That kind of state, if you can be in that state, all the time, you can persuade anyone to do just about anything, right? And then we teach you the linguistic skills, which there's like a hundred different patterns that we teach. And, and, and here's the beautiful thing, is that these, linguist, these linguistic patterns speak directly to the unconscious. So powerfully that the unconscious mind will want to, will want to do them. Because you're, in a, you're already set up in a rapport as a foundation type of environment. You're in a good state. They're in a good state. They want to do it if it's ecological still, right? Then check this out. The following step, we teach you the makeup of memories. And, and guys, you got to think about this. And this is one of the nuggets I think you can take away immediately. The human memory is interesting. Human memories, right? Memories tells us they're essentially the building blocks of our stories, personal stories, which is what's behind our identity and what's important to us, our values which is also what governs our beliefs and behaviors. These memories are the building blocks. Now, we're not going to change the content of your memories, but we're going to teach you how to change the context of the memories. 
ultimate persuasion and influence comes when you can influence and impact the context of the memories. Let's say someone bought something they didn't like in the past. Like maybe someone had a bad experience buying a certain jacket from a certain brand or doing a transaction with an insurance salesperson or maybe with a certain banker. The decision would be made somewhere consciously or maybe unconsciously somewhere in their unconscious in the memory. Typically reside right around that memory. And if you could fish out and know exactly where the memory is and where the decision point was that they no longer like that brand or that product or that service, you can actually go and help them undecide that. Even while the same story, while the same memory stays, the story will be different actually. Yeah, the same memory will remain intact. The content is the same, but the context changes. Therefore, the story changes. Can I point out something that you said in the latest training? Please. It like rocked my world. I think about this all the time now. You're yeah. like, look, you have to pay bills. You have to pay for your water and for your electric. That is a reality. And so it's like understanding that those things are inevitable. Why not rewrite the story around how you feel about that, which is literally what you train to do for somebody else, for a client, for a spouse or whatever the scenario may be. So now it's like, look, if that's inevitable, is the example, you're going to have to pay your water bill. Isn't that amazing that there's giant infrastructure exists and like you turn a faucet and suddenly water appears and you plug something in and then power appears. Yeah, you pay for that. But like, you get to. You get yeah. to. It's like it's been done for you. And it's like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like the bills come in, da 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 da. It's like at some point, the context of how incredible that might be got like rewired in this grumpy, groany thing. So, like, after you said that, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm actually like looking forward to paying. I'm working on that with taxes, but like, you know, <laughs> it's a progressive thing. And so it's the same thing. Like, you learn how to do that for someone else. Game changer. Yeah, it's such an important skill, right? Because think about clients or the audience. When you speak to a client, let's say they're, they're you know, like it happens a lot, right? Let's say you sell something and the client's like, oh, wow, that's expensive. Well, first off, compare to what, right? And second, consider that if you are selling, if you're selling the, um, the, a product that you believe will help the client, the client's like, oh, that's expensive. There's clearly a mismatch of what's going on in your unconscious minds. Think about it. When you speak to them, this is about language, right? Language are symbols and, and representation. They represent the visual, auditory, kinesthetic, smell, and taste inside your own mind. And when you use language to, to label and symbolize what's going on inside of you, and you share that language to someone else, they have to decode that. We codify it with language. They have to decode in their mind. Essentially, it's like a translation. They have to translate that into their sets of pictures, sound, you know, feeling, smell, and taste. There may not be an exact match if you do this consciously. But if you learn to do it unconsciously, you'll be able to save yourself the translation error or the, the data loss during translation. You'll be able to communicate pure, raw form of data to the other person, or at least with minimal data loss. Now, what does that do? What it does is that you are able to, what, what people call genuinely 
yeah, genuinely communicate, and that they are able to receive genuinely, and that genuine connection is not only beautiful, but it allows you to impact and influence with minimal loss of power or or the the. I would say not only motivation, but also the energy that's attached to your message. It's able to carry through without any loss of that. Now that's important because if you can do that, you're going to find that you can use less energy and project and communicate more. Yeah, the the state is a game changer. What state we're in is the game changer. If that's the nugget, the one nugget, would encourage you to take away from this and then to expect of what you can really get into the training. Of course, there's going to be much more uh, specific and precise skill sets as well in the training. What kind of state that you're in when you're speaking to someone? And as William was saying, what language are you using to describe your state? If you're talking about the negation, the don't, if you're projecting that on someone, that's the kind of state that you're in. And you're not thinking about your state. What are you not focused on? You're actually focusing on what you don't want. And now you're projecting that onto the client. Or maybe you're talking with a romantic partner, your spouse, right? And you're focusing on what you don't want them to do and you're still talking that language. So you're not considering that. So we really focus on that because there are no unresourceful people. There are only unresourceful states. And your language is going to determine that. It's going to be the evidence procedure for us on that. Very important to notice that if you use certain language, to, and you're communicating, you think you may be able to hide what you're focusing on inside, which let's say you're thinking thoughts that you don't want. You can't hide that because your language and your subtle communication, whether verbal or nonverbal, will literally symbolize that and communicate it. And the other person will pick up something. And so when they pick that up and they try to translate what it sounds like you mean, they won't get, they won't get that their message, what they get inside is going to be a mixed message. And a mixed message does not sell. Hmm. Mic drop. (laughs) Causes the confusion. So if you're feeling like, why is this client not getting what I'm saying? Well, what kind of signal are you giving now to them? Are you getting what you're saying? Right. Yeah. And if I may say the last point, I think that it's very important, is that even after you learn all the language patterns because we're going to teach you how to inject and embed suggestions in the simple conversation in such a way that gives you great um, reduction of resistance, but also ease of um, not only being so inviting, but the client will want to hear more because it's so pleasant. There's a thing called the pleasant language patterns where if you speak it, if you use it, the client or, or the audience that, you, that listen to you, they will feel positive. They'll feel good. They'll feel almost euphoric. They want to listen to you continuously. Now, that, that's a very powerful pattern, but you got to, you've got to follow it up with something called a referral system. It's, it's more of a protocol, right? And, and it's not like, oh, I set up a referral and then you know, uh, this is, you know, you ask at the end, none of that. What we're teaching you is how do we use language patterns to embed referrals from the very beginning? In fact, even during your design, you want to design a client that will refer you, right? And this doesn't have to be just for sales. It can be for influence. Like if you're an influencer, 
you want your audience to tell all their friends and family about you and have them also join the viewership, right? If you're a celebrity or, or if you're, you know, corporate manager, if you're a doctor, spiritual leader, doesn't matter who and or what you are. If you're in this, in the world to influence, to persuade and to sell, and there's an exchange of energy that's ecological, you'll find that asking for referrals is very important. But how do you ask for it without asking for it? And more importantly, how do you ask for referrals and know for sure you're going to get it? Because so many people just go through the motion of asking for it, but they never get them. The way you get referrals, if you plan ahead, yeah, if you plan ahead, design ahead, and then you install these ideas of giving referrals, which we're going to share with you, you're going to triple, quadruple, 10x, 20x, 100x your ability to get referrals by just this one pattern alone. So then you combine the whole system and many, many more things because we're also going to teach you um, memory engineering, like the context-driven change. Um, we're also going to teach you how to leverage anchors. We're going to teach you how to speak in front of a group and or in a small group setting or one-on-one with state change and, and certain language patterns that we've been talking about. We'll also teach you how to de-stress in front of people, meaning we're going to put you in stressful situations like mentally, emotionally as you speak so that you can face your fear in a way that's very resourceful. We're going to teach you how to stay resourceful during those places, uh, well, those situations so that when you're done or when you're actually in real life, when you're done with the training, which really you can continue to come back because we have the ability for you to continue to attend these trainings. But if you choose to anyway, you'll find that as you go out there and you speak, even if there's distractions, even if there's anything going on, even if the world is, you know, whatever is noise or, or sound or visuals distracting you and your audience, you will be able to hold their attention because of the way you speak, act and communicate using the power of the unconscious and the awareness that you'll have from this training. You were telling me about that part of the training that blew my mind. <laughs> it's the craziest thing that you put them through. And then the end result of it's like, bonk, like not just you, like a few other people that did it. And I was like, he really made you do that. And then you're like, yeah. And it, <laughs> and it worked. I came out on the other side. I'm like, I'm literally afraid of not a single thing. Now I feel so <laughs> confident all the time. I was like, Holy crap. Like what a great refiner's fire. It works, man. Yeah, I mean, not to give it away, it's just a simulated experience, right? And we can go through the hard knocks of life, guys, and we can get the the wisdom and the experience from that. It can be painful, though, and life can be slow at times. So why training like this is very valuable, because you get that simulated experience and you learn in that. And now when I'm in a situation like public speaking or sales situations, I feel good because I've installed the emotional state that I want along with doing some memory engineering. What this really is, guys, this is not working harder. This is not the grind mentality. This is specifically and strategically leveraging skills. And when you leverage skills in a very way that's very specific and designed a certain way, you're going to get outcomes, predictable, consistent outcomes that way. And you'll get more profits that way as well. Especially when it's a bunch of skills that most people never even knew exist and that they could master and that they could leverage. Most people get really good at consciously selling and influencing, but no matter how far they go, 
they cannot, yeah, they cannot go to the next ultimate level without the ability to do it with the unconscious. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.